what is up, fight fans? Welcome back to the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm sitting here with a special guest that is here to us today by popular demand. So thank you all of you who follow along and who engaged and said that, you know what, before he has his fight, his pro debut for LFA 133 on June 3rd, you have to have the grim one, Luis Gerlay here in studio. Luis, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, brother. Doing good. Ready to go. Man, I'm so happy to have you here in studio and chatting with us. I mean, because like I say, like I wanted to have it done, and I'm so glad that the people also wanted to see it. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, no problem. I love being here. Yeah, Luis, so just like that, we, we kind of mentioned a little bit of the details there, but in terms of, you know, like where can people watch the fight, where can people buy tickets, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, put it out on my Instagram if you follow me, Grulay underscore MMA. Uh, I got my link there for tickets. going to be at the University of Denver, Magnus Arena. I have, you can watch it on UFC Fight Pass June 3rd. Yep, so that's going to be a star-studded card as far as all the top talent really and truly up and down the front range here in Colorado. LFA never has a lackluster show. It's one of the top productions out there outside of the UFC. So make sure that you guys are tuning in and make sure that you pick up those tickets and use those commission codes because these guys do get paid off of that. And that does help them in terms of the growth and the progression of their career there. Now, Luis, this is your pro debut but you're not exactly the regular, you know, O&O, like, guy that's just kind of barely teetering into the pro ranks. Like, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say, especially after watching, if you've seen any of Luis's fights. I mean, don't blink because they, they're not a whole lot to watch in them. But yeah, not a lot of time in that cage yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that being said, though, like, does what, what are your thoughts being that, you know, you haven't had a ton of time in the cage so far, but you've also had issues with people saying yes because you're mm -hmm. such a menacing threat when you get locked in yeah i mean i think people talk about cage time a lot and they really have a lot of importance on it but like in my case i've had two amateur fights and both have been like minute and a half long and i know it's going to be difficult you know gaining cage time if you know all these next fights they're pro fights these fights count they matter so i guess my mentality when i'm thinking about that is that i make Every day in practice count. When coach says something, I'm fucking listening. I'm practicing that shit all week. I'm dreaming about it. I'm thinking about it. I fall, think about it falling asleep. I'm twitching, trying to hit a double leg. You know, the girlfriend's getting mad because I'm twitching in my sleep. <laughs> like, oh, defend this double leg, you know. Um, but I think a lot of it's just focus. Like, uh, like, my word of the year was honed. Just to sharpen a blade, right? And... Yeah, that's how I think about it every day is I'm sharpening myself every day. And, uh, like, Alex Hernandez, he said something that uh, really resonated with me during one of his talks, and he was like, you know, every moment matters, you know, every hour. Like, people say, yeah, the day matters, and they forget about the little moments in that day. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to stay razor sharp. I'm trying to catch up to Brandon. I want to be on the same, you know, cards as him, and, you know, I want to be in the UFC. I want to make my name out there, so... I don't think cage ma time matters as much when you're focused and that dialed in and you're making those cage time you get in practice matter. Certainly, certainly. And I think that you you spoke to it, but without directly saying it, you're very disciplined. You're very tunnel vision in terms of when that task or when that goal is in front of you. It's a by any means necessary type of situation. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's crazy because I've had problems with, I mean, I don't know. 
I think I've had problems with discipline in the past where, like, other people might be looking in. They're like, dude, you're fine. And I'm like, I didn't wake up at 6 o'clock and go run today. I bet that other guy did. And, like, you know, that's the kind of thoughts that go into my head, and that's, like, what kind of keeps driving me to be better is because I always got that little voice inside my head that's like, you know, dude, I bet someone else is out there working, so you better get out there and work too. Like, I don't know. I feel like I don't really deserve to take someone else's dream in that cage if I didn't work, you know, as hard as I possibly could for it and make it worth it. Where does that come from? Like, where does that work ethic, where does that spirit of the dog truly come from for you, Luis Grillet? You know, man, it's hard to say. There's been a lot, so many people, and I've had so many coaches in my life that have kind of just helped me see that path going forward. But probably the first one, you know, I'd be my dad. Um, you know, he worked hard as fuck, like, my whole life, but... It's the littlest things that can, like, really affect you in life when you're a kid like that. But I remember just working on the car with my dad, and he's like, hey, take off this bolt. I'm like, I can't fucking take that bolt off. It's rusted shut. He's like, just try. And I'm like, and I'm little, and I can't. And he's like, I, I, I can't take it off. And he's like, well, I think. He's like, I another man put it there. You can take it off. And I don't know, something about I, Hours I probably stayed at that fucking bolt, and I finally beat it, got it free, and I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And I don't know, it's like that little, just that little seed was planted, and then, you know, I've had other coaches say various things, and, you know, I had a coach, Todd Porter, at Mines, and he said something that, I, you know, it was just be the dog. It's literally all he said to me. He's like, yeah, dog, if dog's out there, he's starving. He's not going to question, you know, what happened yesterday. He's not thinking about what's happening tomorrow. He's, you know, he wants that meal. He wants to live. He wants to survive. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to accomplish that goal. And I was like, God, that was hard, Todd. I just want to go run a marathon and I want to go fight someone. But, you know, yeah, Porter said that. And, you know, ever since then, it's just like, all right, we got to be the dog. We can do it. Do you think that those elements of the formation of your mindset paired along with just the nature of being a wrestler, that you you were a high-level wrestler coming out of high school, you went and wrestled in college, you had just these years and years worth of reps within a very grueling and strenuous sport that Mm -hmm. just requires a a certain level of work ethic and output just to be able to maintain, not no less thrive, just to maintain. Do you think that that was kind of exacerbated by that oh yeah definitely you know just starting out as a young kid wrestling like that's probably one of the hardest sports you can do like you know just discipline wise cutting weight fucking running all the time drilling you're trying to catch up and you know I started late comparatively to like a lot of people I started when I was a freshman in high school so you know typically the better guys in high school are the guys who did it when they're little they kind of have a head start going into it God, I sucked. <laughs> I found a, I think my mom still has it in like a tub somewhere. I found an old newspaper, like they had a little article about the team, and it's like, yeah, Luis Grulet started out his year like 0-9, 0-10 or something, and he won this tournament or something. I was like, oh, shit, God. But yeah, but having supportive coaches like that, they're like, you know, they see that you have something in you. They're able to bring it out like that. I just... Ah, man, I can't thank, like, Frank and Nietzsche enough, my high school wrestling coaches, because they really, like, helped form that seed, helped form that basis for, like, who I am today. It helped a lot. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, you. I think you see it just throughout. It, it's a common theme for yeah. fighters or, or just within the combat sports world in general that some of the most calloused and hardened minds in what we do come from having that wrestling background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's just such a grind wrestling is, and it's constantly like, yeah, everyone is like really concerned about, you know, me cutting weight or trying to take these fi- fights back to back that unfortunately didn't happen, but they're like, oh no, the weight cut, blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, you cut weight every week right. for wrestling, you know, and I'm having, you know, matches and tournaments and sometimes you're making weight back to back. So like when you're in that mindset, like little things like that are, you're like, what? I get away into the day before and go fight this guy. I could do that next week, too. If I don't take any damage, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that the same night if I have to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely helps. Just that mental grind. Yeah, there's a lot of discipline in it. Well, I mean, if we look at it, you know, a few years back before maybe the internet and the database of what it is with combat sports is, along with just, uh, you know, the advancement of the sport as a whole, you, t- you turn the clock back, you know, I don't want to necessarily say 10, but for sure, like 15 to 20 years, that's what all of those old school wrestlers and those grinders yeah. would do back in the day. You have stories from guys like Pat Militich, where he had his crew of, you know, Militich fight systems guys to where they were, and, and that was filled with a bunch of wrestlers, you know, uh-huh. your, your guys like your Matt Hughes of the world to Jens Pulvers, whoever, would they, they would travel around and, you know, like, hey, Friday night. Mm-hmm. They've got fights here. Well, you know what? They might not be able, they would have some sort of like allowance for, you know, like a satellite weigh-in or, or something like that. Go yeah. weigh in the next day, go, you know, on some other fight or yeah. excuse me, some other state or then no less, maybe not back to back nights, but for sure multiple weekends consecutively. Mm-hmm. And then you even have to this day, you have guys like, and, and he hasn't fought in a little while now, but through that, he maintained that throughout his career with someone like a Jeremy Horn, yeah. who Jeremy Horn has, you know, I think 120 plus professional fights to where he just like, Hey man, I can go around. Like once his UFC career and once the tops of the tops were done, he could still go around every couple of weeks and go fight at these local to mid-level regional mm-hmm. shows, make a couple of grand a pop, especially between the sponsors sponsors, ticket sales, all of that, and never have to worry about, quote unquote, real work. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that wrestling mindset. You're like, man, you're raised in that, basically, you know, from a young age to be in that mindset of just shit ain't shit. Just go out there, get it done, you know? So the very first fight that you had was LFA 116 up there in Vail, and you had a message that was relayed to you from Coach Mark, who Coach Mark was, uh, he he was gone cornering Jonathan Martinez in the UFC that weekend, Mm -hmm. so he wasn't able to be there for that fight. But he gave you a real specific message before the fight, a message to which, folks, (laughs) Luis took to heart. And it came out. Yeah. Can you let him know? (laughs) Yeah, stamp that shit on his chest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Coach was, like, on some real David Goggins shit that day. And, uh, yeah, he's on the the video call, the FaceTime, and he's like, you know, I want you to go out there. I need you guys to take their souls. You know, we're going to break them. We're going to stamp that X on their chest, and we're going to show them how it's done. And, you know, it's my first fight. I'm out there. You know, my hands are shaking in the back. And I don't know if it's because I'm nervous, if I'm scared, if I'm just ready to go. Jordan's not saying anything about <laughs> it. He's being nice. And my hands are... <laughs> JT. And, Jordan, yeah, Jordan. Not, not, not this Jordan. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, we get out there, and I end up taking him down, and I'm just grounding, pounding him, and I'm, I'm gonna take your soul, motherfucker. I'm gonna take your soul. You're broken. I'm fucking breaking you. You're done. And just screaming at him. Just don't even know where it came from. And after the fight, Rafa and Jordan are just looking at me with like the biggest eyes, like, holy shit, what the oh, hell? Yeah. And like Jordan, like, even told me after the fight, he's like, man, I. I thought you were just, like, this super chill, like, you know, dude, you just like to come in and work hard, you know, and he's, like, looking at me, man, it was cool seeing your crazy side come out, though, and I was like, yeah, oh. man, and, yeah, that happened the last fight I had, too, or, I don't know, something about it, you're just over him, breaking him, I was like, you're done, you're fucking done, just quit, you don't want to be in here with me, and, yeah, knocked him out, woke him back up with yep. an elbow, and, and you got to throw elbows in that last fight, though, being yeah. that it was in Nebraska. You got to have a, a little taste of those full rules. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, elbows were fun. Hope I didn't get hit by one. I'm sure it'd be not as fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> but, I mean, speaking to kind of JT's reaction to yeah. that, him being such a you know, barbarian, a savage, the way that he is, yeah. I'm sure that to a certain extent that was like a, I mean, it's not that he didn't already have it, but that mm -hmm. was an extra, like, respect gaining moment yeah, i feel like like for like someone it. like him that's that literally is like the lick the blood off of his uh -huh. hands type of guy yeah he had the biggest smile all night just thinking about that he then uh, you know just f after everybody's in the back and everything jordan was just so happy he's like yeah he's just screaming at him i want to take his soul he's yeah. like this dude's fucking nuts I was right on the outside of the cage <laughs> shooting photography right there. Yeah. And I could just hear you scream. Like, I couldn't necessarily tell everything that you were saying, uh, but I could literally see that you're over the top of another grown man who signed a contract to get in there and fight you, and you're screaming at him over the top of him, just oh, yeah. raining down thunderous punishment. And I'm like, yeah, that does not, like, I, I, I've <laughs> grappled with you, and that's not fun. <laughs> much less happy to go in there and oh. then let you add in all that slick shit with grappling plus throwing down the strikes. Oh, I want no part of that. Yeah, Folks, yeah. the first jujitsu tournament that me and Luis did together, <laughs> this man gets DQ'd in the very first match for uh, slamming a dude. I mean, sometimes jujitsu has some pussy-ass rules. Controversial slam. Controversial, I didn't think I did it. but... <laughs> You slammed the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. an arm bar, and I just was shaking him off, and his head kind of tapped the mat, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, to, to be fair. And then the next tournament after yeah. that, they he almost destroyed the entire production unit, the oh. scoring table, everything that was right there, yeah. because he blast-doubled the shit out of this kid right off of the mat. Like I say, whatever it is, watching you compete plain and simple, it's fun. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. It's so freeing, you know. I don't. I mean, it's funny because outside the mat, I don't like. You know, I'll talk shit to like guys in here and stuff, but you know, if I see my opponent, I'm not gonna, you know, be yelling in his face, screaming at him. You know, that's like, like I couldn't be Harris out there. I was you about know, to say you're not doing the Harris. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do the Harris. I was like so happy when Harris was with with us at LFA 116 because I, was, I would tell him it's like it's like you're saying everything I want to say, but I just I don't like doing it so yeah. it's cool having harris there screaming for all of us but yeah you know something that happens like once you lock the cage in it's it's freeing you know it's, it's me or you and i'm gonna make it as hard for you as i possibly can so you know if i can mentally beat you and physically beat you it's done
I think that that mental aspect is is so huge on your side, just because, like I say, not too many people are willing to go to the dark place and not just willing to go to the dark place, but willing to become friends with and embrace it. And not just in turn. Yeah. Like embracing it is then another thing, but then to thrive in that sort of darkness is a whole different monster. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that you can do well. And that's something that, sets you apart from a lot of your peers, especially at this stage of your career. Yeah, yeah I think you have to be able to flip the switch because, you know, it's a, I don't know, I don't think it's something you can keep, you know, 24-7. It's kind of exhausting to be in that mindset. But if you're able to just flash it and then go, lock down, nothing happens, or, you know, nothing is in your mind but the fight, nothing but the obstacle in front of you. And it's kill or be killed, you know. It's it's him against you, and as you just forget everything, let everything go. I don't know something about that. It's incredibly freeing, and you know you can just you fall back on your technique, fall back on your coaches. You know, it's not like you're going out there like you know I see red, bro. Like I just go out there, <laughs> I see red. But if you can go out there cold, calculating your fucking killer, like I don't know that is a yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know where I got that from. I think. You're so ruthlessly violent, it almost looks like you're seeing red, but you're yeah. controlled in the process yeah, of what you're doing. I remember the whole fight, it. you know. Um, I think a big part of it's, again, coming back full circle to wrestling. Um, yeah. When I first started, you know, real emotional if I lost or, you know, real emotional if I won. Or I'd, uh, you know, get this, you know, just disappointed. I, just all over the fucking place. And finally my coaches are like, bro, like, you cannot show emotion out there like that. You know, it gives him power. Like if you're out there and you see him exhausted, and his hands are on his knees and his body language is telling you you're tired, what are you gonna do? I'm like, well, I'm gonna go out there and beat the shit out of him even more. I'm gonna break him. Yeah. They're like, exactly. That's what you're giving him. So you know, like, I just had that same mindset all throughout wrestling, and you know, very stoic. Like I never want to give you anything, and I brought that to fighting. I think it's helped immensely because like. You know, even guys in here, I'll spar them and be like, oh, man, you hit me with that body shot. That almost dropped me. That was crazy. Like, what? You're like, you were punching me the whole time. You're like, I, yeah. you didn't give me a chance. Like, I didn't know that. And I was like, well, doing my job then because, you know, I just don't want to I don't want to give him anything in that cage. Like, I don't want to give you a fucking inch. And if I do, like, you're going to bleed for it. You're going to cry for it. It's not going to be a good time for you, you know? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, that that's... The stoicism alone, I feel like, does something. Like, if, even if it's just the, the mental warfare mm-hmm. aspect of it, to say, like, man, I just hit this motherfucker with the hardest thing that I could have thrown right yeah. there, and he just looks stone-faced, like mm-hmm. nothing happened. Or, you know, like, I, I just tried to, you know, I, I just shot in with my best takedown entry, and he was able to shed me off like like nothing. He was able to get back to his yeah. feet, and we're back to 50-50. Like, and he just has this same cold killer look on his face his emotion hasn't changed the expression hasn't changed he's just sitting in there in the pocket and putting something back in my face again mm-hmm. shut the fuck up stop it no you're fine I've done this before stop it no bad dog bad dog bad boy bad boy down No, you're good. No. No. Down. Fucker. 
Me too. Oh, stoicism. Yeah, stoicism. Um, yeah, so stoicism. So with when you have that, just that kind of cold look in that way, you know, I just, like I say, I feel like it's something that if if I'm on the other side or at least like from my experience and in training, like, you know, if I go for something, I feel like mm-hmm. I went all out and it didn't work. It's not always going to work on the first time, but if I if I make a couple of attempts and I still haven't found a shred of success yet and that person is still looking at me like, "Yeah, like is that what you got? Like is that is that it? Like come on." It starts to get a little bit discouraging to a certain extent. I can love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it works both ways, you know. It's it's mental warfare. It's hurting you and it's helping me because if I stay in that mindset, and I just fought off your best attempt, and I shook it off. What else are you gonna do to me? Yeah, yeah that was your best thing you got. I'm gonna destroy you this the rest of the round. You know, jujitsu, wrestling, fighting. Like, yeah, I think it's just it's like one of the best lessons I I learned from wrestling overall is just having that mindset all the time. And sometimes I catch myself like I'm like oh, I gotta go back to it. I'm like showing too much, you know, like even. You know, when you get hit something, guys are, like, accepting of it. Like, when they're, ah, you got me. Like, I'll, I'll catch myself doing that sometimes. It, like, I know it's a fun round. We're like, ah. But sometimes it's like, no, I, I don't want to show you anything. Like, I'm getting ready for this fight. You hit me with that? I was like, mm. You know, yeah. crack back as fast as I can. I don't want to give you anything in there, even if it's mentally. That's fair. That's fair. One thing that was brought up. In your last fight, and or excuse me, your very first fight, and it was a debut fight, like I say, everyone in the room during the shakeout just watched. Like, you know, everyone was there just watching you. Like I say, like we're talking guys all the way up through the main event that were there in our locker room. And people were like, man, like this dude, like he, he's something different. Because then immediately, like, you know, there was... There was a shift in the music. There was a, mm. a change in tone completely across the board. You know, one of the the last of our our other amateurs at the time had uh, had on uh, just I think think it was some sort of hip hop or something. Then Luis just in stride, like as he's getting his uh, you know getting everything ready to start his his rounds of the shakeout. Goes, whose music is this? It's mine. Change that shit, <laughs> and immediately yeah. it changes, and then it's to some crazy ass metal. That's yeah. at just a, a super intense yeah, pace. I think we just put it on some thrash, some toxic holocaust, or something. I'm pretty sure that it was exactly <laughs> something along those lines. And then even Jacoby Jones, who will also be on this card with you, yeah. he said, "Man, who want to fuck with a motherfucker who has <laughs> corpses tattooed all over his body?" Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I gotta get in that mindset, you know, like, especially on the day of, day before, or something like that. Like, dude, I just wanna be cold. I wanna be a killer. I wanna be in that mindset. I wanna be on that grind. And, you know, I can't listen to soft shit when I'm in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I know some guys, they'll just be like, yeah, you know, it's hard, but no, I wanna listen to some dude fucking growling, fucking screaming, you know, like. Yeah, dude, exactly. Uh, uh, I'm getting hyped just thinking about it right now, you know. And it's also like, you know, every every day before practice, when we're driving up, you know, I go through my drive, I put on, you know, something like that, just training my body, you know. I'm like, 
all right, this is, we hear this, we know it's time. We hear this, we know it's time. And I'm getting closer and closer and closer. So it's like a build up. So yep. it's more mental too. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like the, as soon as that, that entire dynamic shifted that day, I was like, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, that's ultimately, that's a sign of respect by your peers though too. Because yeah. I mean, if you're the last amateur that's getting the opportunity to warm up, then you know, a lot of times guys yeah. are going to go on about their business. They're going to mm-hmm. go on about doing what they're doing because it's also their fight day and they've got to kind of figure out, they've got to figure their shit out. It's a yeah, selfish exactly. day in that regard. Yeah. But when you have those people, you know, even like your your Dustin Jacobis and whatnot of the world that are standing or staying around to watch you do your warm-up, mm-hmm. what does that make you feel like? Do you feel like a sense of validation in the work that you put in that you've that you're getting some recognition from your peers? Yeah, I mean, or do you just not even think about it? I mean, yeah, yeah, like you said, I didn't even notice that everyone stopped, but hearing that, uh, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it's less validation for me because I know how hard I work and, you know, I I know what I do, but it's it's cool seeing that respect. The respect is bigger to me than, like, the validation. because everyone in here is fucking good, you know? And it was cool because I really liked that Jacoby's on the team because he wrestled at the same time I did, so I knew of him. But, yeah, coming in here, I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, those were the people that I looked up to. to like, all right, how do I do this? Like, how are we training here? Like, what, what's the vibe here? What's the culture like? And so then I start watching Jacoby, and I'll watch Harris, and I'll watch Brandon Royval, and I'll watch, you know, uh, Dustin and see how they train, and see what their work ethic's like. So seeing those people who have that similar work ethic and uh, mindset in there, and they've been in this longer than I have, but gaining their respect is, like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty huge, especially just, you know, the respect of, like, I haven't been doing this for that long. been doing it for actual MMA training a year, maybe a year and a half. Yeah, coming right up on on that mark. Yeah, so, you know, uh, just playing catch-up. But it's always looking at the best guys and like, all right, what are you doing? Like, yeah. how do I do that? I'll see Jacoby running on his Instagram or something. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for a run now too. You know, like this, I'm figuring out my own thing. But at the same time, I'm still just gaining little bits and pieces from everyone around me. And I think it's helped me grow like super fast. Hell yeah, absolutely, man. Now, Luis, we've covered a lot. We've talked about some some thoughts on the matchup, mindset, a little bit of your background there. Real quick, as we tie some things up, is there any sponsors, training partners, coaches, management, anybody that you want to throw a shout-out to? Uh, yeah, um, one of my really close friends, uh, Robert Earl, actually sponsored me for this fight, and so I was really pumped about that. And oh, yeah. That dude's believed in me since day one. Like I tell him, hey, man, I want to be national champ. He's like, bro, out of anyone, I know you're going to do it. And you know, I had some injuries, could, didn't do it, now I'm fighting. And he's like, bro, you're going to do it. Like, I know the work you put in, so fuck, man. Really got to give a big shout-out to him. Yeah, goosebumps. Love you, Robert. <laughs> yeah, the dude's fucking awesome. And um, dude, Clay's been really awesome, too, as a training partner. Clay Matza is just today. Uh, I- like, ah, I put in some good work. I drilled. I'm going to watch this. He comes up, runs up, and grabs me. And he's like, yo, last three rounds, we're going to drill this, this, and this. Like, oh, shit. All right. Thanks, bro. Yep. So, you know, he's one of the best partners I have. And Roy Vaughn is fucking great rolling with him. Throws me about 50 submissions in three minutes. And I'm just fucking, ah, 
fighting to survive and getting out and it's cool because it's like you know training with partners like all of this and you know, all the people we have it's like if if I survived against them if I did this against them you know in practice what's the rest of the world gonna do yeah absolutely and like I said we we see it you know I know sometimes it's hard for you to recognize some of the growth or the advancements within your development when it's you every single day that's doing it mm -hmm. but I'm in the fortunate position from my vantage point to where I've seen where you started as just a wrestler coming yeah. in and doing open class sparring situations to now being fluid on the feet having head movement understanding that getting off the center line is an important principle just mm -hmm. the progression has been it's been fun to watch for you it's been fun to see from the very beginning really truly so you know i mean i i couldn't be more thrilled to be sitting there to watch your debut from cage side once again this next week i got to see the, the amateur debut from that that's that post mm -hmm. and i get to see the pro debut from that post you know there's a there's a quite a few fighters now at this point that i've gotten to see that entire arc and projection dan argetta being one of them mm -hmm. who fought on that last card yeah, with him. i shot his very first fight with the lfa that's a great I'm, I'm forever grateful for the lfa and the opportunities that they've given for me too yeah. is getting to make those sort of connections that you know you never know who's going to blossom who's going to grow and be someone big and something special but sometimes you get a glimpse of someone in those early stages and you're like oh yeah that's that that dude's going to be something and just one last time, Luis, where can people follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Grulay underscore MMA. So follow me and watch out because I'll post that win next week. Absolutely. There you have it right there, folks. Make sure that you tune in on June 3rd. That is next Friday night from the Magnus Arena on the DU campus. Or I'm not sure exactly where you're going to be placed on the card. If he's on the prelims, it's going to be on uh, on Facebook for, for yeah. that stream. And if, uh, if you're interested in the main card, that's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. I'm Jordan Kurtz with comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for watching. Please hit that like, share, and subscribe button that helps us continue to produce this original MMA content and bring it for you every single week. Tune in to the MMA plug presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. or live stream at DenverSportsBetting.com slash radio.